So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 16 of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Amanda goes the whole nine yards to keep Rosvin, Jasmine catastrophizes her immigration interview getting postponed, Dempsey and Statler make a plan for the future, Nicola proposes without a ring, Cleo cries throughout Christian's whole departure, and Riley gets some shocking news from Violet. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing too, too bad. Um, I got through a pretty busy weekend, so now I have, I don't know, my regular busy work and, and week. It's just, it's it's one of the, that time where it's just like all the days seem both fast and slow at the same time, right? It yes. seems like all my days are just like, what? That happened this morning. And then I look back and I'm like, something had happened a couple weekends ago. And I'm like, that was only two weeks ago? It feels like it was two months ago. Yeah, I definitely am starting to see the monotony of the school year right mm-hmm. about now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if all of our groups are monotonous because uh, it's kind of towards the end. So if anything, this was kind I felt overall kind of a boring episode because people are just kind of wrapping up their storyline. It, it usually is like I, it, the usually the last episode of any season. And this is the last episode before the tell all yeah. is the wrap up one. Right. But I feel yes. like it's especially true when we're on before the 90 where everybody just goes home. And so we yeah. have these super long, like drawn out airport scenes that it's just like, oh, my God, just come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Right. So I guess one of the few things that happened here it had to do with Misha and Nico. So Nico takes Misha to a market. She's really distracted, wanting to see a random bird in a cage and not paying attention to the fact that Nico is trying to find the right moment to get down on a knee and ask her to marry him. Nico finally gets Misha's attention and asks her to marry him. She is clearly in shock and is just not answering him. Nico says yes or no, and Misha finally says yes. Nico doesn't have a ring because he wanted her to be able to pick out her own ring, but also he didn't want to get stuck with a ring if she were to say no. They immediately go to a jeweler so Misha will have a ring. Misha is trying on a couple of rings and they find one that Misha keeps insisting is simple, which I don't think is a good thing. And Nico is not happy with the price, which is about 2000 US dollars. So he proceeds to haggle with the jeweler, which Misha finds the complete opposite of hot. Nico is able to talk the jeweler down to about 1200 and he gets down on a knee again to ask Misha to marry him with the new ring. Misha is getting ready to leave and Nico and Misha are both getting sad. They're not sure when they'll see each other again and get married uh, as soon as possible. Misha is waiting for an annulment so she can get married in the Catholic Church. They are in a holding pattern until they hear back, and Misha can't apply for a visa until they get the annulment. Nico takes a whiff of his armpits, and Misha points out, like, that's a gross habit. (laughs) Nico uh, says he can get a visitor's visa, and Misha wants him to do that so he can stay for three months while they wait. But Nico doesn't want to do that because he thinks living with Misha that long will be too great of a temptation. Nico tells Misha just to pray to God that the annulment will happen fast. Misha says it's simple. They'll just set boundaries and not have premarital sex. She wants to spend more time together and doesn't want to just see him if and when the annulment happens. 
At the airport, Misha is in tears because she is leaving her heart in Israel. All right. So it's mostly goodbye. Uh, Nico doesn't seem to want to spend more time with Misha before they get married. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Do you really think that Nico is gonna really give into temptation, given how like asexual? I mean, I don't want to say asexual, but like non-sexy. Like they haven't even gotten close to did, anything yeah, did hot he, did and heavy. He even feel tempted uh, at all? Like this whole time, like he speckled the mud on her. Yes, like, that was not sexy. He did every nothing he did was particularly sexy at all. No. They had slept in different beds. I just don't I don't think it would be that. I mean, I definitely think that he's just like very much like, all right, I paid for that. Let me know when to pick it up. I'll be there then. Like, <laughs> do we need to spend more time together? No, nah, not really. Like, I'll pick it up when it's ready. Let's let me know when your enrollment's ready and uh, I'll be I'll be at the shop. Like, you know, that's he just is so you know, transactional about that kind of stuff. I yeah, guess. Like, I don't know. I don't find him. He keeps on saying like, see, I'm romantic. And it's like, mm, are you? He it, has the general shape of what romance is and then doesn't nail the execution, right? Yes, like, I can see could that. You could totally propose in the street and have her be swept off her feet and totally romantic. You can't do it like awkwardly, talk a lot, surprise her when she's like, are you even... Is, are you doing what I think you're doing? And then say, by the way, I don't have a ring. And then get up and proceed to haggle someone for a ring. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the little details, right? It's the things that like, and maybe I, that one totally struck me as a cultural thing, right? Because yeah, and sure. it, the, the American cultural thing is the romantic thing to do is what? You want a ring? That's the ring you want? Money is no object. We're getting it for you. Let's make it happen. How right. much is it? There we go. Right. That's what's romantic for us. Whereas like, it's certainly a middle I, – I really do associate Middle Eastern culture with you haggle over literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may, maybe just not American culture. Like maybe I'm even taking that too specifically. I don't think it's even the haggling part though. But I think it's definitely like cultural for not bragging about or even revealing how much you spend on something. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean – and I think it's definitely – evolved a little bit more from like when I was younger but I remember my parents were very like oh yeah for sure you take you take the price tag off of everything right Absolutely. if you're giving yes. it as a gift right or if you like, can't take it off you like black it out with a right marker. yep right because you don't tell people how much you spend on something so I, that's the part that I kind of was like ooh, that's like the not sexy part is like knowing how much you actually spent on she seemed to like it okay but she kept on referring to to the ring is simple, which to me, like, meant mm, just not. I don't know. Maybe that's her style. I, I have no idea. But I, did, I didn't really take it as like a positive thing when she kept on going. Oh, it's it's so simple. Yeah, I mean, I think she was trying to. I, I honestly do think she was like, I know you don't have that much money, and I'm not gonna. Yeah. I, I'm gonna really emphasize that what I want isn't something that's super expensive. Right. right. And um and I think that's why she was like, I no, I like simple. I love simple. This is just so simple. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that's what I prefer. I prefer that to some of these more lavish ones. Now, to be fair, I also think that some of the more quote unquote more lavish ones, a lot of people think are just gaudy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want something you don't want something gaudy and you don't want something somebody going over overboard on it. But like, I don't know. It's like you should have some kind of idea what they want, I think. I feel like. I don't know. It just it just seems weird that you you propose and then get up and like, all right, let's go find a ring now. Like immediately, <laughs> let's go. Um, it just I don't know. It just it's and then I I don't know. I just I just don't 
under and I also thought it was very weird that he was like, oh, and we did this, and the Church of a Holy Sepulchre is right here. Isn't that so sacred? That's the church that they built where Jesus was crucified. Uh, so it's like Jesus died right here. And isn't that romantic that that's where we got engaged? And it's like, is it? Like, yeah, that's where I don't he know died. About that. like, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, it just, but at the end of the day, for most of these couples, almost all of these couples, I would say, the ones we see this time, I'm always just like, why did you say yes? Like, what do yeah, you see I in this know, guy? Right? Yeah, agreed. All right. So keeping with that theme, that theme of what do you see in this guy and why did you say yes? Uh, let's go with uh, Amanda and Rosvin. Gosh. that That's not the guy, though. So anyway, Amanda's on full recovery mode to make up with Rosvin. So she's worried that he's going to give up on them because that's basically what he said. He said he was unsure about their relationship last time. So she gets him a bunch of romantic junk and places it all on the table for like as like a care package. So like always, she only, as always, she's just putting forward this effort when she feels vulnerable. So he comes home and she shows him all the things in the care package. Uh, and he, she gets a thankful peck before they start getting ready to go for the fancy restaurant for their last night dinner and more or less figure things out. So Rosvin says that his heart wants to keep fighting for this relationship, but his head says, this is a toxic relationship and you're not good for each other. You should listen to your head. Yeah. Amanda's anxious about this last dinner because she knows that at the dinner, it's going to be, he's either going to break up with me or we're going to stay together. And I don't know what it is. Um, so anyway, um, they get, they get to the dinner. They each get a glass of wine and a salad, which I don't know bugged me. Cause they were like, what would you like to eat? And they're like a salad and wine. And I feel like, who orders <laughs> us? like you can't do that. Um, anyway, the food is on the way and she already is starting up the conversation because she just can't sit around being patient with him being unsure. So by bringing up, I mean directly asking, like, so do you want to still be in a relationship with me? So he says that he loves her, but also you're my worst enemy. So he's scared that things will not work and, um, you know, things aren't going to change. So she says that they will. She'll change. It's just hard for me to talk to you. So let me put my feelings down on a card. So he reads the card and it literally is just a bunch of different ways of saying I love you so much. Like back to back to back. Like <laughs> you're my knight in shining armor. I love you so much. You're my one and only. Like the, you're not saying different things in here. Um, but I thought it was interesting that one of the things that was included was you're my one true love, which seems problematic considering that this whole season she's been getting over her dead husband. Right, um, right. She also mentioned soulmate. And I was just like, eh, yeah, same. Exactly. But that was the first thing I thought of was like, didn't you say your hu you know, deceased husband was your soulmate? Yes, exactly. So anyway, this card seems to have touched him, and he says he didn't know that she could be so romantic. So she asks again, and he says that he loves her so much and he wants things to work. So it, he says in an interview that this is the Amanda he got into things for, got into this relationship for. So anyway, she does get to some nitty-gritty stuff. You know, there were issues with they had earlier about him when he came to visit and things. So she tells him that he should visit for Thanksgiving so he can meet the kids and her family because everybody's going to be together then. So in the meantime, she says, he, he says, I bet you'll be missing Billy, who I presume is Rosvin's penis. Um, yeah. Okay. I definitely got that. <laughs> so the next day, Amanda is sad that she has to leave and tired from all the please don't break up with me sex that they had last night. God. So sex that resulted in there being panties on the floor that Rosvin's like, these are mine. And she's like, you have panties? He's like, no, they're mine now. I'm keeping these from you. 
But anyway, so she looks back on a trip wishing that maybe they would have been better if they didn't fight all the time, ultimately Probably. over things that weren't important. <laughs> so Rosvin is happy that she wants him at the very American holiday of Thanksgiving. And then comes, like I said, the long, boring airport scene where there's dragging the bags and staring at each other for a very long goodbye, followed by some triumphant music. Okay, so he said that he's staying in this because this Amanda kind of showed her the person that she was before she came on this trip. I can already see you. You they can't see you shaking your head. I know. Is that the I real Amanda? This. <laughs> No, this is Amanda like freaking out because she's going to lose him. And it's like, it definitely occurs to me that she is one of those people that just hates to lose. Yes. I literally said that when I was watching it. She's like, she just doesn't want to lose. Like, no, she she just doesn't want to lose. She doesn't want to be the one who is rejected. And I feel like a lot of her behavior this entire season is because she always thought that she had the upper hand Mm -hmm. she was the prize she was the one who you know you had to be patient for she was the one who's gonna make you wait she's gonna be the one that makes uh the decision whether or not this relationship's gonna go Mm -hmm. and then it got to the point where he was like i don't know i don't know if i'm into this you kind of suck and then all of a sudden it's like She's like, whoa, you're rejecting me? And so then all of a sudden she has to, you know, play the role of someone who is actually loving in this relationship so he doesn't leave her. Yeah. I mean, the way I put it was like, I definitely think that was that her, I don't want to be the loser in the relationship was definitely a driving factor. But it just is also like, especially for him, for like Rosvin, I want to be like, you know, shake him. And there's a couple different ways people say it. But, you know, I kind of like the phrase that she – the, the real you is the person you are when no one's watching. Yeah. Right? And so to me, it's like, well, who who was she when she felt secure in the relationship, when she felt yeah. that he wasn't going to break up with her? Was she loving? Was she romantic? No. Was she a total bitch all the time? Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah. Like, and so that's the real her. That's the her that's going to come back if you make a commitment to her. And she feels that's who she's always going to be when she feels like, the relationship is secure when she has it right. locked down. Yeah. And I just, I worry because yeah, she can make excuses. Like that wasn't the best me because of X, Y, Z. I was still getting over my, you know, deceased husband, you know, like all these excuses. But the fact that she was even capable of treating someone like that is yep. also like eh, yep. red flag. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you were had a bad day, this is what this is how you treat everybody else. That's yeah. not okay, right? right? And she and she had the excuses. And I think Rosvin put it well, kind of in the last episode, where he's like, "Well, yeah, you can have all the reasons and all the you can give me all the reasons you did all the bad things, but the fact of the matter is, you did the bad things and yeah. they hurt me, right? Yes, and right, th- and that's where it is. I, so I just think it's like, oh, I just I, I think he got hoodwinked, man. Like I think he's I don't know why yeah. he believed her this time. I don't either, but I think it's one of those things where once she goes back to, you know, where she's Kentucky, Louisiana, I think Louisiana. Uh, I think Louisiana, yeah. Yeah, with her children, I think that she will eventually break up with him. I know it doesn't seem like it right now mm-hmm. because she just doesn't want to lose, but she'll break up with him eventually. No, because if she breaks up with him, she didn't lose. If she breaks right. up with him, right. Yes. Exactly. And then exactly. you get back, the distance happens, things again. She's like, oh, this just isn't going to work. I can't. My kids yeah. and that thing. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. That sounds about right to me. 
Right. Okay, so uh, speaking of another couple that, you know, not Mm. always showing their best, Gino and Jasmine. So back in Michigan, Gino is trying to stay warm. It's been five months since he's left Panama. The whole visa process has been a nightmare, but he's feeling good because Jasmine finally has her visa interview in Panama. Gino is hugging the pillow Jasmine gave him because he misses her. Gino is making himself a crazy amount of coffee, as he says. His cousin Dana is coming over to help Gino decorate for the potential celebration after Jasmine hopefully passes the visa interview. It means a lot to Gino that Dana is being so supportive given his and Jasmine's past. Gino is hoping that Jasmine contains her crazy during the interview. Oh gosh, you hope Mm. too much. Jasmine is feeling weird not knowing what to expect. She just had her eyebrows tattooed, so she's peeling and freaking out about her looks and her foundation. She is dressed in a very bright magenta pantsuit. They've been waiting 18 months for this, and Jasmine is so stressed. Her friend Zuellen is driving Jasmine to her interview, and they're getting emotional about Jasmine potentially leaving. Jasmine tells her friend that if it doesn't work out with Gino, she'll come back, and she's only leaving for Gino. Jasmine is so nervous for her interview because she never wanted anything so badly. 90 minutes later, Jasmine calls Gino crying, saying that they're never going to be together. Jasmine says there was an issue with processing and she didn't actually have her visa interview after all. Jasmine says, how will she get approval if she can't even get an interview? Gino thinks that there has to be something else going on. Jasmine is sobbing and she's just inconsolable when she notices the flag decorations that Gino has in the background. She (laughs) screams that she doesn't want to see the Panamanian flag as Gino tries to slink to the side so she doesn't see it anymore. Gino tries to get her to calm down, saying that they didn't say no, and at this point, Jasmine would rather hear a no than no answer. She feels like they're screwed, and she's tired of feeling like her life is on hold. Jasmine says she just gives up, and this is it. All right, so we know that that is obviously not true, because they are on the next season of Of the regular original 90 Day Fiance, so Mm -hmm. obviously they got a visa, but, uh, yeah, what do you think of uh, Jasmine's dramatic? Very dramatic. I mean, she is, at the end of the day, she is a drama queen. Like, yeah. And she drama queened this up, right? She just mm-hmm. took any bad news immediately. And this goes for things with Gino, too. Any bad news, anything that, that upsets the apple cart in any way, just goes from zero all the way to 100 immediately immediately like this was not ideal but i would be like like the way she called like we heard her call the first time and she's like we're never gonna be together like it was just like we're never gonna be together (laughs) yeah it was just like oh my god that interview must have went horribly and then if it turned out you didn't even have the interview like Okay. Well, I also like to point out something. Do you think that Jasmine would have been more calm if there was an immigration lawyer involved? Because let's remind ourselves that they've been waiting 18 months. Gino promised that if it took 13 months that they would get a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was a lawyer, I don't know if it would have moved things along. They might have had the paperwork in order, but I don't know that they did. Well, I, think I mean, that, would it have made her feel better? Would it have made a her feel involved? better? But- 
No, because I feel like at this point, she felt like it's like more or less the U.S. government conspiring against the two of them <laughs> to God. keep them apart. Um, the way she kind of put it in, in her in her speaking. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just because the immigration office has like 10 people and they have to process like, a, you know, they have to process 10,000 cases. And it's just there's too much and the, they're overworked and things take forever. Yeah, um, but I wonder a little bit if they had an immigration lawyer that she would have a little bit more information because I think the frustrating thing about this is that she really doesn't have any information and that's why she's like going to a very dark worst case scenario place of we're never going to be together and it's just like uh you just didn't have the right paperwork it sounds like and they were just yeah. processing it. Yeah, it's like when I, it's like sometimes when you go when you when you go to the um well I'll say mine when you go to the MVA um, mm-hmm. to get your real ID. And sometimes you didn't have all the bills you needed. And you're like, well, God, now I got to come back later. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, but yeah, just to go off on that, because I'm also, I am also relatively positive that she started getting upset. She started going to a hundred in her head. Yeah. They probably explained to her what was going on and when things would change. And she just couldn't hear it. Cause she was just like, Spiraling. all she could see was fire. Like she just yeah. saw fire. Like that's all. That's it. Um, that said, the f- by far the funniest moment in this episode was the why are the fucking flags in the background? <laughs> I, I don't want to see, see the Panamanian flag. <laughs> yeah, and Gino's just like trying to sidestep out. Yeah, the he's like, let me angle the camera because it was funny because that was like something that Gino like actually did that was nice. Is because he yeah. said we're gonna have a celebration. Hey, Panama, U.S. Woot, and he like actually planned ahead and tried to do something nice for her. And she was just like, I don't want to see the goddamn flags. oh gino he can never win never never all right so all right going back to let's go to mike because i want to save the big guns for the end so we'll do christian and cleo next okay all right so christian is packing up to go and both him and cleo are sad so she says she wants to keep something of his. Oh my god, this is the worst. This was the worst. And she's like, she's like, has his hoodie in his in her arms. She's like, oh, can I keep that? And he's like, it's like literally my favorite hoodie. I I just, I guess, fine, you can keep it. <laughs> but I'm coming back for it. Like I'll be back. Like kind of to reassure if he's coming back. Anyway. So she has to pack her things too because we have to remember this is an Airbnb that they pretty much just got that they could, they could film there and not have the roommates be in the way. So Cleo's very, very broken up about him leaving and she even gets the tears during the interviews talking about it. So she brings up her insecurities with him about talking to hot singles in bars and saying, you know, I know that I'm worried about these things, but I'm trying to hold on to the positives. And then he stops her, kind of cuts her off and says, we need to work on trust, but you know, there's some rough patches. That's what relationships are. So she tells him she wants to keep doing this because of the highs. The highs of the relationship have been so high. But I don't know. He, he again cuts her off. and He's just like, you know, let's just appreciate we had a good time and we're going to keep things going. So it really seems like she's terrified that he's going to get back to the States and then immediately dump her, which also sounds like is the sort of thing that has happened to her before. Um, and so anything, she walks out to the car and he starts trying to do like, Humphrey Bogart, here's looking at you thing from Casablanca, God. and it's and failing because she has no idea what's and happening. she does not get it at all. Like it's like, hey, oh wow, I should say, Karen. It's like, stop, don't just stop, man. Um, and he does stop, probably later than he should. Um, so he kisses her goodbye, and she literally can't even watch the car pull away. She turns her back to the car to watch it go. 
to what as it goes. So on the way out, he says that he knows she's kind of a mess, and he's just looking, uh, you know, trying to help her so that she can see the light in the relationship. So he says they'll definitely see each other again, but there's a lot of unknowns to overcome. So then Cleo, we see Cleo leave the Airbnb with her amazing cat backpack. It's like a big clear backpack with both cats in it. They're <laughs> yeah. just walking down the street in. And Christian heads to the airport to go home. So he says on the plane that he messaged her saying that he already misses her, but doesn't know how he's going to feel when he gets back to the States. All right. So Cleo's prediction seems to be that Christian is going to get to the States and basically have the give her the text of, so we need to talk. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a breakup. She's not wrong. And isn't she supposed to be a psychic or something? Yeah, <laughs> she's clairvoyant. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can see that happening for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't see this ending well. I think Christian's trying to make like a graceful exit, but at the same time, like he, we see like how he is with other people. He does not want to come off a certain way, right? Especially on this show. So he's going to maybe even keep it a little going a little bit longer than the tell all. Like, I bet that they're still, quote, together on the tell all and even after. But will they ever see each other again? Yeah, I I can see that. I I think he's he's aware enough of his uh, of of his presence and how he comes off to stay together. Right. Through the tell all. Yes. 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 That sounds about right. Maybe he'd be doing a fade out a little bit, like maybe Mm. not putting so much effort into the relationship and like talking to her all the time. But it's just this sounded immensely like the beginning of a fade out. Like so hard. Like let's just appreciate the good times that we had and like, you know, not let the other things. That is a that is a the good times that we had past tense. Moving forward, there will be fewer good times. Yeah. So I I just, yeah, this is not a couple that's going to be around for, you know, a a 90-day regular season. No. We're not going to see them again. I I actually find it, like, pretty, actually pretty fascinating that, you know, despite the fact that uh, Cleo is autistic, that she's Mm -hmm. picking up on those kind of cues. Like, she was like, this seems like a fade out. Like, this definitely seems like that's what's going on from the emotional cues, which is probably, you know, really hard for her to to pick up. Yeah. Well, I would probably even venture to say that he's using this show to be on other shows, like Single Life, you know, or one of the various other. He's not even a good one. No, no. Well, they picked the most awful people for that show anyway. Right, so. right, right. So, I mean, he's not, when I say a good one, I don't mean a good person. Yes. The weirdest, awkwardest. They want right. awkward. They want weird. They want, I guess he's creepy enough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like. He's when trying he, to get on this, that and uh, pillow talk. That's what he's going oh, for. Oh, pillow talk. I definitely see. I, I yeah. 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 That's, I think that's, I think he's more aiming for pillow talk. Than for them for single life. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about another British couple here. We got Dempsey and Statler. So Statler is looking for Dempsey wanting to talk. Dempsey wants to be left alone because she says that Statler not wanting kids is a deal breaker. Statler had no idea that Dempsey was so hell bent on being a mother, but she doesn't want to lose their relationship over their differences in wanting kids. Statler asks if Dempsey is done with their relationship, and Dempsey says it's really on Statler to decide if she wants to have kids and stay in the relationship. Statler escapes to the bathroom, and Dempsey at one point tries to talk to her in the bathroom. 20 minutes later, Statler is in is still in the bathroom, and then she finally emerges. Dempsey says that this was all a surprise. 
Statler is saying that she doesn't feel good because of the conversation, and Statler, she just can't imagine having a child. Statler says that maybe she would change her mind in a couple of years, she just doesn't know. Statler asks if Dempsey wants to continue, even though it is a risk, because she's not sure how she will feel in the future. And Dempsey says she's willing to stick it out because there's at least hope that Statler will feel differently in the future. Statler is worried to be going home after this emotional conversation because there's a lot of uncertainty. And she's worried that Dempsey will second guess their relationship. Dempsey and Statler are leaving Scotland and talking about how Statler can be moody sometimes. Dempsey doesn't want to be without Statler because she loves her so much. They get back to Dempsey's trailer for their last night together. Statler is relieved that the kids thing didn't break them up. She's wondering what the next step in their relationship is if Dempsey doesn't want her to move in right away. They try to make plans on when they'll see each other next. Statler jokes about being back in a week, and Dempsey then says that Statler can move in if she wants. Dempsey has been thinking about it every day she could live with Statler. This is the biggest leap of faith she's taken, but she's ready to take the next step and live together. Statler says there might be some changes she would make to adjust to farm life. Statler will be moving in four weeks. She's a little nervous that Dempsey might break up with her in the next month because that's what happens with her ex. Dempsey says she's feeling a bit of pressure because she wonders if Statler will be happy with particularly the bathroom situation. Dempsey recognizes that Statler living with her will be hard because they both will have to adapt to change. They have emotional goodbye at the airport. Okay, do you think that these two are just lying to each other to get through this relationship? Yes, they are. What the hell? Like they were so like, infuriating. It, it was so infuriating. They're like, at some point they said, I'm really glad we moved past that, that kid thing so we could get here. I was like, you didn't move past it. You just kicked it down the no. road. Right. You, you both were like, I definitely want kids. I definitely don't. And then when you realized that meant you were going to break up, you both went back to, all right, maybe. Well, maybe we're open to. Maybe my mind will change in the future. Like, yeah. Yeah. And especially that it was like, I'm a hard no right now. But who knows what the future holds? And it's like, that's no, no, that's not how this works. Like that is still a no. You can't, you can't say maybe in the future, I'll be a completely different person and then things will work out. Let's keep going. Like, no, that's so infuriating. And the fact that they are both like, glad we worked that out. It's like, you worked nothing out. Right. (laughs) No, they absolutely didn't. No, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, like. And I kind of get it, too, because let's say they were on the same page. That doesn't mean in two years time, like they're saying, like they would still be on the same page. Well, that's so, I mean, yeah, that, at that point, you know, you're, you're right. Like everything is a risk, but it is infuriating that they didn't actually resolve anything. And they're just hoping that one of them will change their mind in a magic, couple of years. One of them will magic. Because, yes. People do change their minds and people do have changes of heart. And you're right. right. Because it, just because she says she wants – if she does say she wants kids now, just because she says yeah. now, it doesn't mean that if it doesn't happen in three years down the road that she's still going to want to. But right. that's kind of – that's the leap of faith that you take, right? right? That somebody you're on the same page with now, you'll remain on the same page. You don't take the leap of faith that you're on completely different pages right. hoping that in the future you'll be on the same page. Like that's – yeah, that's not that's not how that works. Um and that's basically what they're do- what they're doing, and it's so it's infuriating. Oh gosh, I know it was so frustrating. Yeah, and 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 I also don't know. I can't figure out what changed that now. She now it's okay that she can move in. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have been living in close quarters for however long. Like, it's been three weeks, right? So she's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. The thing that, like, I am worried about, though, for them is just... I, I, I just don't see, like, how they're going to be in these enclosed spaces mm-hmm. and, like, really, like, be true to both who they are. Yes. Right. Have the independence that they you need to have to be your own person. Right. And that's yeah. kind of what a thing was. And I think that if you ask Statler about that, she's like, what are you talking about? I don't want to be my own person. I'm right. This is my person and I'm attached to them. And that's what we do. That's how that's what a relationship is. I don't think Dempsey is that. No. And I think that's going to that's now that she's right now in those early stages of the infatuation stage of relationships where you do kind of want to be with them all the time. That seems okay, and I don't. Yeah. That doesn't stay okay when that when that relationship evolves, and I don't well, think Statler has any desire for that relationship to evolve past that ever. Well, part of it too is I feel like Statler just is always getting her way. She yes, just bulldozes right over Dempsey. Like I want to move in. I don't want to have kids. Well, Dempsey, you know, kind of, you know, took what she said and listened to her, and like, yeah. But everything Statler wanted, she got. Yeah, everything. Like, I don't want to really talk about the kids now. Great, you got that. I want to move in. Great, you got that. Also, can I talk about this? How, where is she getting a visa? How can she just move to England? I I just decided. Well, you can kind of, like, you just have to do visa runs, like, every 90 days. But you could be there for 90 days. I guess. So you're you're staying on on the visitor visa indefinitely. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you could do that. You just have to like leave the country every 90 days and then like come back. And I mean, they will after a while, like stop you depending on, you know, how you're crossing and they might ask you about it. Like I had a friend who um, her partner, he would uh, work. He worked on a ship somewhere out out by australia or something like that Mm -hmm. but he would come home like well come to the u.s he wasn't american citizen he would come to the u.s for like two months at a time or a month at a time every couple of months and so he was coming to the u.s quite a bit and he spent quite a bit of his time in the u.s and he he started to get freaked out because border patrol like or immigration definitely started to interview him when he would come into the country, you know, because they would see that you have all these stamps like right, right, coming right. back and I coming see, in. Well, yeah, coming yeah. out and coming in. I can see like, yeah, you came here because well, I would see that. Like if you were in England yeah. and you were like, wow, weird how every three months you have a stamp yep. one day apart. Like, yep. But <laughs> technically there's no rules against it, right? But then they start asking questions about, you know, like, uh, what is your business here? You know, like, mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. working? Are you, what are you doing? You know? I think there are rules against it, actually. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but like, I think a lot of the visitor visas, you're not supposed to have more than... Half of the year, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. All right. So last up, and this was the this is like I said, the big gun saving him for last oh God, is yeah. Riley and Violet, because Riley is back home with his cigar collection, smoking indoors again. Things have been confusing for him. It's been a couple weeks since he got back from Vietnam. Uh, he says that when he landed, he got some nasty texts from Violet telling him it's over and please block me, which was confusing to me. Why didn't she just block him? Why? I, yeah. Um, Anyway, so then he texted a few. Then she tried texting a few weeks after that and was, like, being nice. So he doesn't know what's going on. 
And obviously he didn't block her like he asked because he got these new texts. So he reads some of the messages and she, it's very much like, I'm sorry I messed up. I want to marry you now. I also note that they had like a screenshot of the phone at this point. And this is what bothered me. The the the, the picture that, you know, the, the contact photo was definitely like not her or not anything approaching someone that looked like her. Anyway, so producers asked if he's done and he says he's very undecided if the relationship is even fixable. So he's going to pause and reflect on what's happened. But he can only pause for a little while because a few weeks later, he gets a surprising bit of news from Violet. She told him that she's pregnant with his baby. So it's been about a month since he left. So the timing is right. And he's shocked and confused. He thought this whole thing was over. He says that he just, that like, on the last night he was there. So I'm assuming that this is, you know, after they said their goodbyes and production left, he was in his hotel room and she came back. And he's like, when she came back, they, the way he put it, had a little bit of fun, especially because he's six four and she's five two. Evidently, oh he's like, "What do you Gross. think?" Uh, yeah. So anyway, he describes how one thing led to another, and what that actually means, like in detail, what one thing led to another means. Hmm. So his friend Tiffany, who he's telling all this to, um, he also says he didn't bring any protection with him on the trip because doctors told him that he's on a medication that gives him he's less than like a one percent chance that he could father a child when he's on this medication. So Riley has his suspicions that Violet is lying either about being pregnant or him being the father. So he offered to pay for all of her prenatal care if she goes to the doctor that he found at the international hospital that speaks English and can actually tell him what's going on. So she refused, saying she already has a doctor. They had like more conversation after that. And Violet eventually is kind of like, just, let's just cut to the chase. Why don't you just marry me? So Tiffany thinks this is just Violet trying to cash in this pregnancy for a green card. But that doesn't really seem right to Riley because he was like, if she was just trying to get a green card, then she would have been nice to me when we were in Vietnam. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And she was definitely not. Um, so he doesn't know what to believe, including whether or not he's even the only guy that she's seeing. So he just hopes that he's not being played. All right. So let's just start where he left off there. Is he being played? Uh, there are definitely... Um a lot of valid reasons to be suspicious. Yes. (laughs) Um, And having nothing to do with, you know, what he describes as Violet kind of being a liar or shady. Uh, I think in combination with like his accusations of her being Uh that way, it's just like, it just would look so, so bad if she ended, if all of this ended up being true. You know, and it's Mm -hmm. just like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I feel like he should have played it maybe a different way just for optics sake. You know, you never want to be the eventual dad who, you know, was like saying like hurtful or like, you know, just or having a bad reaction to the whole thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's just. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, but I understand. There is plenty of circumstantial things sure. going on here that makes oh, sure. it sound heavily suspect. Right? Oh, for sure. And I'm not saying that, but I think he's got to like be very delicate about it. He does, but he also doesn't want to, in the issue for optics, end up having to pay child support forever for a kid that's not his. Oh no, I'm not. Right? I'm not like, saying that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, but I do think it was a pretty good move on his part to offer, like, "Hey, go see this doctor." Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah. so too. And I, it, and that's one of the lesser red flags, especially when you have like, like I know a plenty of women that like, they like their gyno and they're like, no, I'm not going to go to another one. I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I could also see like the carrot being, you know, like, well, I'll pay if you go to this doctor. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I don't know. It might be one of the, it's not America. Like, what do you mean pay? Yeah. We have free healthcare. I go to this right, doctor sure. and it's paid for. What are you talking about pay? Yeah. Right. Um, so there's some of that. I know also with the, um, I, I mean, I think that her age is like a, is a thing too, because. Yeah. That's right? why I was like, this is like a miracle baby, right? Oh, honor, yes. Getting through the medication at her older age, like, you know, with one time only, like yes. all these things. It's like, this truly is a miracle baby. Right. And so that's what we get, especially when we add in, remember we had Shida with her going to her doctor, like, yeah. well, at your age, there's less than a 5% chance you'll ever be pregnant. Right. So it's a 5% chance you'll ever be pregnant. We have a 1% chance that any sperm can get through this medication right. that he's talk taking. And this is like very, very low. And so it's almost like with all of those things combined, like, the it almost seems like the more likely story is that she was already pregnant when he was there and she was like, all right, I got to sleep with this guy just so we can convincingly tell him that this is his kid. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I can also see her, you know, saying this to get whatever kind of reaction out of him. Yeah. Or get the thing that she wants. Maybe she really does want a Which green is card. Also, I, I feel for Riley as much of a, dickhead as he is in that i don't know what the hell she wants like one minute she's like break up with me i hate you i never want to see you again why aren't you marrying me oh i want you back oh actually you're an asshole and i never want to see yeah. you again. Like, what do you want i don't know yeah but i could also see you know someone possibly uh you know playing the pregnancy card to kind of get what she wants in there and then it's not like he has to see her on a day-to-day basis and then it's like pretty easy to be like oh lost the baby you know right. just kidding or or even forget losing the baby like oh it was a false positive like i wasn't really ever pregnant but i didn't know that you know right 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 yeah i mean there's it it, it definitely has the the look of chicanery especially and that's what i'm saying especially with her inconsistent like weird messaging mm-hmm. like of her just hot her playing him hot and cold the whole time yeah um, yeah is is definitely definitely suspicious but you know yeah it's eh, not a great look for anybody <laughs> Right. Okay. So uh, that pretty much wraps up. I mean, other than the tell all, which I think will be interesting because, uh, you know, there are some loose ends and not even loose ends as in like loose storylines other than this Riley and Violet. They're the only real loose Mm storylines. But a lot of couples that you're just like, these people shouldn't be together. I wonder if they made it at least to the tell. all. Right. Well, we I mean, one thing we did saw that was spoilerish is Jasmine is there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Right. That's something. And Amanda really doesn't want to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because I feel like Jasmine would destroy her. And I don't think Amanda can handle that. But I no. mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, of all people to come at her, you know. Yeah. I tell you what I do like is I do like the idea that they're doing it with a studio audience. Yes. Like, I'm interested to see how that goes, because like we're sitting here. Everyone I've seen on the online and our podcast and other podcasts, everyone hates Amanda. They're like, this yeah. girl, this lady is. But I feel like what often happens when we have the tell-all is that 
we're like, oh, they're going to get Amanda. They're, everybody's going to come after her. They're going to tell her all yeah. she is. And like, they all support her. And they're all like, oh, you're great. Oh, I can't believe yeah. it. So it's been so hard with the husband, right? And that's because the cast members are also narcissistic assholes. Right, right. Right. And so they go with it. But the audience is not. And I feel like the audience is going to be more in tune with and been reading the same social media stuff that we've been right. reading about people and be like, so I think the audience is going to be more likely to, you know, pile on to the correct people. Yeah, I hope so. I think another thing that could happen too is that, um, you know, they can't be as creative with their editing because there's more witnesses. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so out of the group we saw this week, who was your student of the week? Uh, I – this was so hard. I know. There's, this was so, so hard. I literally went through everybody and came up with Gino for putting up decorations. Like like that's the best. He had a plan, I guess, to uh, keep his person happy that failed. I really hated everybody else. Yeah, it was else. difficult. Yeah. Like, I went with Misha just because she wasn't – being forceful about spending a lot of money on a ring. I guess. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I was avoiding Misha because she was like, why are you agreeing to marry this guy? And yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. I didn't, didn't quite understand why she was like, well, we have to wait till this annulment comes out before we even start the K one. I was like, yeah, that's the K one's going to be at least a year. Like right. start it. Like, yeah. Y'all aren't both of you. You're not getting any younger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about your dunce? So, I will I will say this. I don't know which one is actually the dunce, but it's either Violet or Riley, <laughs> depending on the results of a paternity test. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I could jump on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. What about your life lesson? Um, so this goes and we I was really pumping it, but don't say yes to something, to, especially when you're changing your answer to yes. When the underlying God. issues for the reason you said no aren't resolved yet. Yeah. Yeah, my life lesson was along those same lines. Don't just give an answer to keep a relationship alive when that literally was a deal breaker the day before. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it doesn't didn't. make any sense. Like, let's just go back to pretending we didn't have that conversation. And like, we both said maybe. OK, yes. Yeah. Like, that's so stupid. Dumb. Yeah, stupid. All right. Well, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this tell-all, especially after this kind of like snoozer of a last episode. Yeah. 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 I think it's a just – I think it's a two-part tell-all, yes, which I is think so. better. I think they said that the first uh, episode of Before the 90 Days is October 8th, so that would give us two – or uh, no, it's going to be – it's it's OG next. You said Before the 90. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, yes, I meant whatever the next season is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. regular which, 90 day. Regular 90 day, on the which eighth. only has one returning couple, which is always exciting for me. Yes, yes, very much so. It, it'll be an interesting group. The ones that have been revealed to be on it, it mm -hmm. definitely sounds like a lot of like Benifer, like J-Lo, Ben Affleck, like, you know, went their separate ways, came back oh, together. came back together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah trying <laughs> to make it work second time mm -hmm. around. Sure. Okay, so uh, we'll be back again this next this time next week uh, with the first part of the tell-all. So until then. All right, talk to everybody then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.